This is Agents Influence Podcast. I disagree with that. I mean, we have insurance companies out there who are creating all kinds of amazing predictive analytics. They're finding out how to underwrite quickly. They're able to use big data to match mortality tables out of things you've never guessed, like credit scores. You start to look at all the different types of data, including self-reported data, and you can underwrite some of it. So what the insurance companies have been missing, and Jason, this is something we should be doing with all the agents that are out there. The insurance companies have been missing agents who are willing to change. There is obviously a contingent of agents who are changeable. I'm Jason Cass, and we're going to help you think differently, change your agency, change your finances, change your family, and in the end, we're going to change an industry. Let's go. Hello, everybody. This is Jason Cass here with the Grow Program. Uh, welcome to a special edition tonight here on Facebook Live. I'm really glad that you can join us. I'm going to turn it over before uh, I get into what this is all going to be about. I'm going to turn it over to Gilad Shai. He is with InsureTech LA out there, and he's going to make a little introduction uh, about the person we're going to be speaking to tonight. Stay tuned. This is going to be exciting. Gilad, go ahead. Thank you very much. So, first of all, Kudos for pronouncing my name correctly. That's amazing. So, in short, LA, we're having these fireside chats, and today we have uh, Jeremy Holt, who's outside of the frame, so don't worry, we'll be back soon. And, but before we need to say thanks to a couple of my, our sponsors who brought us the pizza and the beer and making this, these events happen. So, first, thank you to Carbon 5 for redoing uh, this event at their cool place. They are a developer shop, they help in digital transformations, and what else do you guys do? We do digital transformations with startups and enterprise companies. Um, basically, anybody that's looking to go out there and build something that hasn't been built before, we can do so with our teams of designers, developers, and product managers. And KingBay was now a focus company, well, what exactly? Mobile application platform that helps what? It helps customers and Cost-effectively and faster. Perfect. And with much, with no much further ado, or whatever that's pronounced correctly. How are you doing, Jeremy? Hey, Jason. How are you doing, man? Fantastic. Fantastic. I've been looking forward to this, man. I've been looking forward to this. You know, we, we only got a couple minutes last week, and it was really great talking with you. It really does. It really does. So all you listeners out there, this is this is uh, Jeremy Hallett. He is with uh, Quotacy, and this guy um, is kind of rocking it. When you're thinking of insure tech and you're hearing that big buzzword everywhere, I think you're going to find out that this guy embodies exactly what insure tech is, and it's exactly what this insurance industry needs. So, so Jeremy, thanks for thanks a lot for taking your time. I know it's uh, what is it? It's about a little over seven out, out there after there in LA, right? Seven, but you know, I'm from Minneapolis, so it still feels like nine to me. Oh, Minneapolis for real? Yeah, it's, it's, believe me, it's nine here. I'm telling you, I'm usually about ready to go to bed. But anyways, hey, I want to talk to you about Quotacy, okay? But first yeah. of all, before we do that, um, because I think that that it 
obviously it is uh, it is very unique uh, at what you and your company are bringing, and I can't wait to let everybody know that. But I just want to start off with a fastball, okay? And that's the, that's the way I like to do it. I don't like gotcha questions, but I like to get to when I'm out there in the industry and I'm talking at conventions and I'm speaking across the world, I'm hearing something over and over, and I was just reading in an insurance journal today, and they said that there's billions of dollars that are being put out to these insure tech companies, literally billions are being spent. And none of them, according to this article and what people are saying, none of them are making a profit. Now, I think that's very, very shallow uh, sighted in the fact that very few businesses ever make money in the first two, three, four years. But what's your thought on that specifically about them not making profit? And is that true or is it not true? Oh, I mean, I, I don't have the balance sheets for all the different companies that are out there, Jason. But uh, from our, our perspective, I mean, if I wanted positive EBITDA, I could be having positive EBITDA right now. The, the extra money that's coming in, we're we're dumping right back into our in, right back into the company. So we have an extra ten thousand dollars a month. How do we redeploy that to really bring our business to the next level? Um, I, Amazon, I, does Amazon make money yet? I, I don't know if they do. I. I a little bit? So, a little bit. Just a little. A little bit. A little, no, well, by make, I mean bottom line, right? I mean, top line, we know they just bought Whole Foods. We dropped prices by 44%. Who doesn't want to go to go to Whole Foods now and buy, buy their avocados? Yeah, right? It's Amazon, man. So so Amazon has completely changed our entire industry. I know this isn't insure tech, but if we yeah, think that they're not making money, man, I, I, that, I think that's a – I think that's a cop-out, and, and InsureTech is something that we all should be paying attention to and figuring out how can we be part of this and create a better consumer journey along the way. And also, I think it speaks also, man, to the uh, industry itself. The industry is so behind. I got to give the industry a little bit of credit. It has been speeding up drastically over the last couple of years, especially with the hashtag InsureTech and all the different conferences that are going on. But I think it's just taken a little bit of time for the industry to adapt. Um, I was talking with you uh, before about the uh, some of the devices that are out there, like the battery that goes in the Wi-Fi or the battery that goes in the smoke detector. Yeah, uh, and you talk a little bit about that. So there's a new uh, property casualty company, home home company out there. There's home insurance for uh, I think they're called Hippo. So Hippo was the one that actually brought Roost into into play. So Hippo is really cool. They've got real low rates for their uh, their homeowners insurance policies. Although they actually end up being close to what we all sell if we're if we're selling in the in the home space, except they have all the bells and whistles already attached. So their price is similar, but they have a, a higher value because they don't actually have uh, all of the the costs built in, as they say, from the agent perspective. Now that rem remains to be seen whether without an agent you can distribute, or when you are distributing without agents, how, do, how much does it cost to distribute them? So they've partnered with a company called Roost, and Roost is super cool. I mean, anyone here, you should. I mean, you can buy this stuff at Best Buy as well. So Hippo gives you these policies. So one of the or gives you one of them that when you buy it, this policy, they'll give you a Hippo policy. They'll give you, I believe, it's two nine volt batteries. These nine volt ballot batteries have a Wi-Fi chip in them. They go right to your Wi-Fi, and in the process of doing this, you put them into your smoke detectors. Now, something like twenty-five to thirty percent of all claims in homeowners comes from. Um, comes from people not being home when their smoke alarms go off. So you think about it, your smoke alarm goes off in the middle of the night, right? I mean, they go off at 2 or 3 in the morning. Usually. Usually. Actually, by the way, a 9-volt battery uh, is dependent upon heat. So your house is coolest at 2 to 3 in the morning. 
So it has the lowest charge voltage coming out of your battery between two and three in the morning. So actually a smoke detector is made to beep at two in the morning. So if you're ever mad at it, it actually was built that way, but that's not the point. So they wow. throw the, yeah, you throw these nine volt batteries into this thing and it, it has a Wi-Fi, uh, it goes right up to your Wi-Fi, it comes into an app on your phone. And when you have this app on your phone, if the, your smoke alarm goes off, it pings you and you have a, an alert that pops up on your phone. Now think about this. When you're looking at your phone every day, and now that's roost, but could you have farmers or state farm or any type of hippos doing this? When you have an app on your phone that says hippo, 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 right? Isn't this a great marketing ad opportunity for you with your current customers? Branding at its best. It, uh, in marketing at its best. It's always on your phone and it's in front of you and it'll alert you. So A, that will also drop their claims that are coming through the game. So uh, the other thing that they built, Roost, is R-O-O-S-T. The other thing they built was uh, a water leak detector. Now, neither of these two tools are very complicated. I mean, right? They're, so they've got a, a little device. It's about 30 bucks. You can get it at Best Buy. You go to your main water line, throw it on your main water line, and when there's water going through your main pipe and it keeps going through, now this isn't a, hey, I took an hour shower. You know, this is water is continually going through, and it can just tell. I mean, it's not, a, it's not complicated. It'll ping you and say, wow, man, water's been going through your main pipe for six hours, eight hours, 12 hours. Maybe there's a leak in your home. So when you have a leak in your home and you know that it's there, it causes damage not in the first 12 hours. It tends to cause damage after three days, five days, seven days, two weeks. So this is – there's there's little types of – now, this is IoT, I guess, but, I mean – these are ways that insurance companies can start to drop their claims along the way. And some of the insure tech companies, Jason, you and I were talking about that, but, you know, insurance comp companies that will grasp onto these things and, and, yes. and apply them will win. So, and I, and I think it's more of those type of companies when they start seeing that and they start seeing the data and they start believing in it, that's when the insurance companies start to adopt some of these technologies, whether it may be through Roost or some of the insure tech firms of the things they're trying to help. Then, in my opinion, that's where you start to see severe profit coming just from not VC. So I think that one of the big things is, is that anybody who's a business owner, anybody who's a business owner knows firsthand that you're not going to make business and make a lot of money in your first two or three years and you're going to need some type of support. It's so funny how business owners, it's okay for them to go get a loan from the bank, but some insure tech company tries to get a loan from a VC carrier and all of a sudden that's extremely wrong. So I'm for the insure tech companies and I think that they are good and it's just the insurance industry. It takes them a while to adapt. But kudos to the insured tech revolution that's going on because you're pushing them way harder than us agents or anybody else has done in the business as well. And I, and I think that's vital. Um, and do you have anything else you want to add about that? Anything? Yeah, yeah. Let's take a look at the fintech universe, though, because I think this actually applies as well. So I was just at CB Insights a couple of months ago. CB Insights, if you're not on their newsletter, you got to get on their newsletter. Anand Swall, he, 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 he signs everyone off with I love you. He's absolutely phenomenal. Uh, but th that being said, and there are funny newsletters that are tell you what's going on in the entire uh, space of insure tech, fintech, construction tech, reg tech, you name it. Anyway, but I'm going to say on this is uh, uh, Chase, U.S. Bank, and Wells Fargo, their innovation offices were, uh, officers were sitting up on stage, and, and the Chase lady said, I have, and this I think this applies to insure tech as well, right? This is where we're at. She said, I have 27 million people who use my application or use our application on a monthly basis. We can't afford to make a mistake. 
but a new company, a new insurance company, a new, a new fintech company, a new technology coming into play can go make mistakes. They can get version one. They can create version two. And once version two is created, the chases and the, now this is the fintech universe, but this is going to happen for insurtech as well. Those companies are going to come step in, buy the firms, buy the technology, buy the supporting technology around it, and increase their footstep into what's going on. So, yeah. Let me ask you a question. I'm going one step back. One step so, back. we talked about the lead detectors. We talked about big carriers turning into actually the proactive, right? That if we're going to have the lead detectors, they're going to be, they're going to save money because if you have water damage, it's all on the insurance company. How the agents, how they can interact with the IoT and the insurance companies? So, Gilad's question was, how, how can the agents uh, use this technology along with their, with, yeah. with, for, how does it help the agent? So when I look at it helping the agent, Jason, maybe you know, you, you, you'd have a say on this too. I would say push your insurance companies to continue to look for these types of technologies. And then if you're a broker, I, I understand if you're with farmers, you don't have, I mean, you're pushing this, but, but if you're pushing with uh, your, your brokerage companies that are out there, how do you get them to apply this technology into their own firm? I mean, I, I, I that yeah. uh, you know, it's all about making money for everybody. We get it. But then, you know, the one thing that the company, there's 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 basically four different pieces of this. There's the price, there's the cost, there's the coverage, and there's the service and a relationship. And the only thing is the companies control all that except for the relationship. And that's one thing you can't put a price on. And that's where the strength of the agent is. So I think sometimes when we look at, and even sometimes of, it doesn't matter if you're the old insurance company, the direct writers, the captives, the new insure tech firms, we're always trying to say, how can we save that 10 or 15% by cutting the agent out? Really, by using some of the technology that's out there, like what you were talking about with Roos, that's going to drop claims dramatically, where we're talking 10 or 15% saving is nothing compared to that. So I think it's the companies that have the mixture of, of the agent actually mixed with the technology, the IO2, the tech firms, understanding that they've got to make their processes better. I mean, one thing that I'm scared about, and I don't want to say scared because I, I was talking with a guy from a big data firm and he said to me, so if we're doing a client, he, this is what he said. He said, Jason, right now there's a Ford Escort that just ran into a Toyota Tundra somewhere. He said, the thing about it is, is everybody think that's a unique situation, but that same claim has happened probably a thousand times this year. And we have data to be able to collect from that, to be able to do that claim and not only do that claim in a matter of a couple days, but in a couple hours. Now, maybe there was an older driver driving the Escort as opposed to the one that we found that was a couple weeks ago, there was a younger driver. But because the data is so real time, we're able to move that data in and that lowers the claim process. When you speed up the claim process, then what you start to do is you start to have happier clients who all of a sudden don't get drug along for three or four weeks off a simple claim that should be paid in a matter of a couple days wanting more and more money and you start driving claims up. When you start looking at other things that InsureTech can be vital for this industry, all of a sudden you realize when we combine that with the relationship that the agent has, which cannot be bought, cannot be changed. You can even see if you're online through Progressive. It's, it's not ironic that all of these companies that go online that cut out the agent, they still will tell you their name, number one distribution channel is the independent insurance agent or is the agent as, as regards. 
So what I want to say is let's quit trying to look at getting rid of them. Let's capitalize on the relationship they have in the community and with the book they have now and push the insurance companies, as you said, Jeremy, to say you need to start understanding that utilizing this stuff is going to drive down the total cost of you doing business excelling what and also accelerating some of the technology to help the agent sell smarter and faster and then you start deleting the bottom or, or increasing the upline and deleting the bottom line and i think that that is really really where it's where it needs to be i think it's a mixture of those i, I agree the agents are not going away the agents are not going away because they have to have the relationship. Hey, the companies have tried. I tell agents all the time that I that I coach and I talk to, I say, listen, if a brochure would sell your product, they would have never had you. The brochure is yet to, actually the brochure is going away because InsureTech's making that digital. Now let's talk about Quotacy a little bit because we're gonna probably get off and on and you're gonna trigger some stuff, but just like it says right there on your on your, on your your shirt there, um, tell us, give us from a high level and then we'll peck through it. What is Quotacy? Why did you create this, Jeremy. Tell, tell, tell the world about it. Sure. So, Quotacy uh, is the, the best place to buy life insurance. That would that probably sum up where we're at. Uh, we're yeah, I, I mean, everything that we've done has been, I, I, we built our company on our purpose, which is saving families. And, you know, our mission is for everyone who has loved ones who depend upon them financially to have a life insurance policy. Now, whether they buy from us or not, that's okay. That's we have free quoting. We don't ask for any information on there so that people can know their pricing. Um, and our BHA is a million families, if that matters to anyone. Right? So our whole goal is how do we get a million families underneath our umbrella? That's what we're chasing. It's not about revenue. It's about making a difference in the planet, uh, a difference in the financial lives of the families who needed their life insurance. So everything around us is built on life insurance. We've gone completely deep. Uh, we are online, but from a... Uh, we are one vertical. We're life insurance. We we don't we're not doing auto home. I'm studying it because I want to understand who are the players in that world because we started and Jason is kind of you know we started in this thinking hey we're going to be D to C we're going to go help and go direct. Uh, I have agents on staff. Agents are we have agents right? I mean this is part of it. Uh, they communicate with the consumer though the way that we would expect a consumer to be communicated with, which is how do you want to be communicated with? So I would ask you guys. I mean, if you're anyone who's watching, do you pick up the phone when the phone rings and you don't know what the number is? The answer I get mostly is no. So if you can communicate by email, by text, uh, and if you have to have a phone call for a few minutes, great. That's what Policy's built is, how do we take an old school product, which is life insurance, in an old school world of not, the, the old businesses of, of the life insurance world has been accused of not wanting to change. I disagree with that. I mean, we have insurance companies out there who are creating all kinds of amazing predictive analytics. They're finding out how to underwrite quickly. They're able to use big data to uh, match mortality tables out of things you'd never guess, like credit scores and uh, you know motor vehicle. And, and I, you start to look at all the different types of data, including self-reported data, and you can underwrite somebody. So what the insurance companies have been missing, and Jason, this is something we can we should be doing with all the agents that are out there. The insurance companies have been missing agents who are willing to change. There is obviously a contingent of agents who are changeable. Yes, there are. Yes, there are. Tell us about your change. You've been in insurance for 20, 20 years. 25 years. 20 years, yeah. What made you move from an agent to a broker to now this policy? So we're still both. So I, I'm a, a, I have an MGA or an IMO, so we work with agents. 
Uh, Quotacy came into play saying our, our average premium at Quotacy is $660. So it's a little over $50, $55 a month. Um, advisors, the world that I come from with life insurance, life insurance agents have continued to focus on wealthier and wealthier and wealthier clients. That's what they chase. They should chase that. When you're helping a business owner truly protect his business, you're putting key man in place. You're doing estate planning for the wealthiest of the wealthy. I mean, our, we've, we've written seven seven-figure premium cases through through our agency with some amazing amazing agents who are out there. But that $660 sale drives about $500, $550 of revenue to the agent. It's so hard for an agent to make money doing that. They've kind of stopped. And as the agent base has grown older, uh, I think we're at 58 now or whatever numbers we keep hearing out there. As they've grown older, they've said, hey, I want to be able to do what I want to do. So they've all started collecting assets under management. They've started doing financial planning. They're doing all these other things. And life insurance has become one item on a wine list. And we said, how do we help the 35-year-old, the 45-year-old couple protect their family? And how can we make that easy for them? And how do we create a process that's online and is the way that I would want to buy? And then what Quotacy did was, or why we did it was, we worked with some amazing agents. I've worked with all these amazing agents who do great things and they do it the right way. I also have worked with a lot of agents who don't do it the right way. So we took all the things that we know that don't really work from a consumer journey perspective, tried to cut all those out from learnings from our agents that we've, we've worked with over the years and said, hey, let's look at these agents who've done amazing stuff, let's add technology to it, and let's actually go ahead and create a platform that a 35-year-old couple would go ahead and protect their family for $30 a month, $50 a month, $100 a month. You know, and I don't think if I, – I don't know – uh, the crowd that's sitting there. I, I don't. So I don't want to act like I do, but I'm just going to ask questions of that would be the question of anybody else out there who's watching this live on Facebook is here's my thing. Um, what if I want to go out there and I want to find a quote for life insurance and I want to go there and I, there's a lot of places out there that I can just go get a quote. So I'm that 35, I'm actually 39. I'm that 39 year old. And as you were and I were talking, I'm really trying to buy a $500,000 policy right now. And some of the, some of the complications that we're going through, I mean, why, why do I go through you? Why, why, why quote is C for me and my family rather than some of the others that may be out there? But, and I'm not even saying you're like the others, but there's other options. Sure. So uh, 20% of us is the tech. So this is where we all look at building our businesses. The other 80 is your culture that you build. It's also the, the platform that you put together to take care of the consumer through the journey. So our tech on the front end is we do quoting. We don't ask for email, phone number. We give you – we've got our own quote engine. We also have our own agency management system, our own CRM. You know, we put all this, all this together. But the 80% of what Quotacy does, and why would you come through us, or why anyone would, is we still have an old school traditional process behind the scenes, even though it may feel like there's tech. So these insurance companies have underwriting manuals, and if you haven't seen one, they're 2,000 pages, okay? These things are amazing. And we work with 20 carriers. So I have 20 carriers with 2,000. Hey, there's no way right now for, there's nothing out there that will underwrite you um, with these manuals, okay? That's why everything from a big tech predictive analytics is starting to look at different data to underwrite you. But right now, to get the best product, a convertible product from a company that's been around for 100 plus years, 
where you're going to be able to be taken care of, where they have a good customer service. To do it, you still have the old school way. Now, we have predictive analytics. You know, we have a large contingency of people who will go right through if you're really healthy once the app's done. Why us is after you go through our process, you get a quote, you refine your quote, and then you get to what we call our pre-application, which is really self-reported data about your health and about who you are, visa, uh, driving history, and then, uh, and then your health. Our team takes the data. And then if we need more information, we'll go back to you, we'll text you, we'll email you, we'll try to collect a little bit more back. We take all that data, we give it to an underwriter, who I have an underwriter on staff, I actually have a couple, but we take our underwriter on staff, looks it all over and says, hey, wait a minute, you're on, uh, well, let's see, you're, you're seven months pregnant. Okay, if you're seven months pregnant, Banner Life Insurance Company, I know this, this is, there's, some of these are easy, Banner will give you the best rate and they'll give you, if you're, you know, they, they don't charge you extra for the weight that you have now gained now that you're a seven months pregnancy. So we actually look at that. If you've got depression, if you've got DUIs, if you've got diabetes, whatever you have, our team looks it all over. We go back to you as the client. And when we come back to you as the client, we give you the real price, right? We tell you, we're, we're, we're right nine out of 10 times. I mean, self-reported, if you, if you didn't know you had high cholesterol, if that comes into play, or you lied to us or didn't tell us enough data, then we obviously can't give you the right price. But if you tell us the data, we'll shop your case before you apply and get you to the right carrier before you apply. And when you get to that carrier, you, you, you know what the price is gonna be. So if you come and think it's $30 a month and it's gonna be $70 a month, well, we'll tell you it's gonna be 70. And if you wanna pay 30, here's a $30 option with the right carrier. So we put all that together and then last, and I'll, I'll, I'll be quiet, but hand it back to you, Jason. No. Another thing we did is uh, our agents are all salary. They're not, they're not commission-based. We have a saying in our office, which is $100,000 of life insurance is a million times better than none, okay? And that's true, really true. true. And guys, please, usually audience is very active, so if you have questions, ask them away. Give Jason Winnell, you know, allow us to jump in from time to time. Please. Uh, so that's so. Anyway, the non we have non-commissioned agents, and as we go through with that process, their whole goal is to get you a price at uh, get you a price that you can afford. Because when when and, and maybe I mean I can see if there's a group of wealthy people in this room, but but you know, when you really start to look at middle market America where bills matter, um, getting the right price for your policy matters for you as a family. So if you can only afford $40 and you're pushed into a $60 policy, if you lose your job, the first thing you drop is your life insurance. Okay, I mean, you right. know, a lot of people do this. And the persistency rate and the lapse rates on these things are there for a reason. And, and, the, and, and, and if you drop your policy when you get unemployed, your mortality rate actually doubles or triples when you're unemployed versus when you're not. I, I, I won't get into that, but that's the when you need to keep it. So our whole goal is to take care of the families that are out there, and we built the platform to give the right service, the right underwriting, and help people find the right product the first time. That's right, and, and it doesn't even matter how much money you are worth or make. We all have health issues, and life is life insurance is based on that. And it's that front underlining or writing that you're talking about. And I think a lot of agents would listen to it and say. 
well, that doesn't sound very new insure tech. Well, it is because it's the different data that you're using behind the scenes. Also, I went to your, your site and I actually did a quote. And then I went to three other places and I did a quote as well. I couldn't even get through two of them because it was so cumbersome. It was ridiculous. Yours is very, very easy to look. It's almost like you, uh, I don't think it's the right term, but it's almost a gamification look of how you're trying to be and trying to be very simple in how it works. So I think if, if people go out and look at the way that your platform is built, besides that, like you said, it's tech up front, but behind the scenes, there's still that caring nature and still, I love the fact that it's not commission-based because once again, especially if you do have a lot of money, that's where it becomes more where they will put you with the wrong product just based off the fact that they see, wow, I'm getting ready to sell a $10 million account or something like that. And I think kudos to you for, for taking that stance. Um, yeah, anybody? We have, that are out there, right? we have a lot of agents that I work with that are on commission basis. Who the, one of the first things they say is, I don't care about the commissions that I make on this case. I want to get the right thing for my client. There's a lot of agents out there who treat them this way. We've just built a platform for the agents that we're hiring in. We're hiring millennials out of college. I've got an exact perfect profile for who they are. They have the right attitude. We have our values. They do the right thing. Their positive mindset, their entrepreneurial spirit. They actually want to work on a team. They're growth focused. So, I mean, we look for these, these, I, I call them kids. I'm 43 now, so I guess I can say that. But I mean, I, um, I could think one of them could be, I guess. But so anyway, um, there are, it's not just us, even though commissions are out there, there are a lot of agents who do the right thing. Well, you talked about, I've heard you say before that agents plus online is a one plus one equal three game. I've heard you say that before. And that's one of the things that's so nice about this is, is there's this fear that not only will the insure tech companies disrupt the industry, but they're going to cut the agent out. And I, you and I talked about that, Jeremy, and I think that there may be Avenues like where the claims adjuster may get cut out of the process because it can be done by data. I still I go back to what I said at the beginning. It's all about relationships. But one of the things that you said, which I thought was great, is is I mean we cannot us agents we cannot continue to do business like it's 1999. You know what I mean? I mean Prince wrote that song and he's not around anymore. And I'm a big Prince fan. But the fact is is that I mean it, just like him, he can't keep doing it the same way that it was. Neither can the agents out there. And I think some of the, a lot of the agents that you're working with, that's why I think they're really drawn to you is that you still have that focus of, hey, the agent is still a major factor in this process. Well, in tech. So, I mean, it's not just tech in our industry, right? So uh, we were just talking about this earlier. There's this great website. It's called Crystal Nose, like C-R-Y-S-T-A-L-Nose.com. Crystal Nose does a disk profile. So thinking through our, uh, as an agent or as a salesperson, or I guess we call it biz dev around here, right? So, but, so whatever we're doing, when you go to Crystal Nose, we'll do a disk profile on anybody's LinkedIn page. You can go to a, it has a Chrome extension, you go into LinkedIn on Chrome, and it'll actually do a disk. Disk is like a psychological profile, you're influential, you're dominant. You're, so it'll go through this whole thing so that when you're actually talking with a client, you know how to talk with the client and it gives you some suggestions. And if wow. you actually pay for their service, if you pay for their service, when you bring up an email, it'll give you a suggestion of this person like subject lines that look like this. They want the body of the email to be this. Please, uh, pre you know, it's, say, sir, uh, uh, if, 
Mr. Shy, right? Say Mr. Shy or say, hey dude, right? It tells you how do you communicate with the client, use emojis, don't use emojis. So this isn't just tech and insure tech. There is tech all around us right now. You can use you can use tech to, as a, a personal assistant to, and so I mean, talking about agents, I, to, to set up a time with a client. Why would you ever go back and forth by email with somebody to set up a client when you can get a bot that can do it for you today right away. So you say, well, will this get rid of the assistant who's inside of my company because that's one of the things that he or she does for me? No. Our goal as agents should be to build better and better relationships, to reduce the friction to getting the policy, to educate the policyholders that we're taking care of. So that assistant, if, 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 if that assistant doesn't have to go back and forth with your clients to set up a meeting, how much more work can they do to help build relationship, to help keep that client, to help that client make sure they have the right policy to set up a policy review. I, I mean, there's amazing stuff that's out there today. And we all and, and, and it's about the quality of work you're giving your employees. First of all, not only are you paying them probably a very good amount of wage, employee benefits and everything, but what kind of quality of work does someone have when their job is to help you set up appointments and deal with the frustration of people not answering them whenever you could be using them in a way higher quality way? And I think that that is one of the things. Now, what's amazing about this that you talk about this is there's a place out there, once again, I'm just telling you what I use is X. AI. And this is something I've used recently and I can, I'm blown away by its artificial intelligence that whenever I would send Jeremy, hey, do you want to meet next week? And you play back and say, yeah, let's meet. I then could CC Amy at X.AI uh, and say, hey, set up a meeting for next week and does the whole thing. How I found out about this was, is another guy that I deal with a lot, we set up appointments, I asked him one day, I said, who's this Amy girl, man? I mean, you're working out of your home. He started just cracking up. He said, man, that's artificial intelligence. I had literally set up multiple appointments with this guy. And many times, like I would even say, no, that time doesn't work. And she would reply back and say, okay, well, that time doesn't work. But looking back at uh, Marcus's calendar, here's what we have. And it was the most amazing things. And what was happening was when I would cancel the reschedule, I would email her and she'd say, okay, that's fine that you need to cancel, Jason. Here's another time that's open. So I was carrying on this conversation then to find out a month and a half later that this is nothing but artificial intelligence. And Marcus said, it's not that I fired my person who was doing that before. I'm giving her more meaningful work that's helping the company and helping our clients produce and spend their time in better ways. And it blew my mind. And I went out and got it immediately. And it's $9.99 a month, $9.99 a month. And I'm thinking to myself, holy cow, this is unbelievable. So you're right. It's just not insure tech. It's tech in all of our lives. And I think that that is just seeping in. I wish you guys would have been here. I wish technology was here about five to 10 years ago. And that's the only thing I have to say to the insure tech community is that you have to be patient. And the reason you have to be patient is, is because the insurance industry moves really slow. Now, I believe with a lot of the millennials coming in, and I think it is 58 to 60 is the average age of the insurance professional in the industry today. The problem with it is they're not retiring at the age of 62 and 65 like they should. I mean, I wish they were, but they're not. And so, um, you know, I get to work when they're 65. So, you know, hey. 
I'm not downing anybody, but I'm just saying when it comes to the way that it is, you know, it's kind of like they say, well, to have a good social or digital marketer, they need to be young. No, some of the best social and digital marketers are the ones that are actually in their 50s and 60s. Why? Because it's all about relationships. Young people don't know how to create relationships like sometimes that 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 more veteran person, that more veteran insurance professional were. So it's not about it's not about uh, age. It's like my buddy Ryan Hanley says, it's about the connected and the unconnected generation. And we know that every day the unconnected generation is getting smaller. It may be larger right now, but it's getting smaller and the connected generation is rising. It's just the way that it is. It really, truly is. Anything else? Yeah, 1999, I was running quotes for insurance agents. And about a third of them or half of them had an email address, right? The other half, I ended up faxing them these insurance quotes that I ran on a computer uh, you know, with dot matrix and, you know, and the little blinking square, you know, whatever. But I had to fax them their illustrations and fax them their applications because they didn't have an email address and they didn't want to get into that newfangled stuff, okay? So think about that today. Could you imagine running your business without an email? No, none of us could, right? I mean, so what's next? What's the next thing we can't imagine living without? Nobody lost their jobs from that. I mean, we've continued to have more and more productivity and our, our business has all grown. I mean, they have all kept growing. You know what's amazing also, my son is uh, my marketing guy here for my agency. He's 18. He just graduated from high school. He's in college right now. And what's amazing about it is, is if I send him something through email, I have to tell him, Gavin, you have to open up your email and you have to look. I sent you something. And, and to him, it's just, so look where we're going. You know what I mean? Look at where we're going. And I think it's to a few individuals maybe in this room or around the world that need to figure out what is going to be that next thing because things do continue to go quickly. They really Really, truly do um and they do any other is there any other questions or anything out there that uh regarding and relating to what we're talking about with a question or a comment snack or snapchat i, I think I, I would say it goes back to a while of conversation about how we get agents to be more, be more proactive to understand the future yeah. really they have to get the freedom from the agency owners. They have to get the ability to do business the way they are doing it, especially in the younger generations. Um, you know, when it comes about, when it's about ROI, it's about you know how much more they need to grow to bring in. If you said it yourself, you know, you said it's hard for them to work on an account that's five hundred fifty dollars commission. Yeah. To me, I look at that and I'm like, all I need is twenty accounts, and I'm set. Like that's a it's a pretty simple thing. Now they have to split with the agency. They have what you know, they have to do. Whatever's so announced, forty accounts. But if you if you've given them the tools to be online, to be automated, work in a basement, to do everything they need to do, you're actually giving them the ability of business in a box within the environment they're in. So what they need to do is they almost need to. You don't want people to leave the system, but they either need to get the agency owners that are fifty and sixty to, to sign on to the fact that we differently in ourselves, or they just need to start doing it and build the books and look for the tools themselves and take it offline and, and work in the So Jason, I think it's through that, so that, uh, thank you for that comment. So the agency owners are possibly stopping the uh, the moving, the, the movement forward right now. Do you, do you agree with that, Jason? I, I, oh. and, 
Oh, oh, yes. Oh, yes. I mean, I don't know who's in that audience, but someone there gets it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I started, let me tell you, I worked for an agency and to where the agency owner would not change. So I went and started on my own. And I think I heard him talk about in the basement of a home. I live on a golf course and I started my agency out of the basement of a home in 2010 because of that. They would not listen to me. And what was more, what was worse is, is the insurance companies wouldn't give me contracts. They wouldn't allow me to write because it was so new, but I was finally able to use my power and basically some of my experience in the business to get into it. And then I was able to actually move into an office myself. But you're exactly right. The agency owners are absolutely, I know we say it to be funny, but, uh, but uh, Gilad said it on, on the, ty- on the uh, invitation for the LinkedIn. It's the male, stale, and pale culture that has to literally get moved out of the way. And that is one of the things that we're seeing. And I will tell you, you're starting, we have a problem in this industry that we cannot get young people. Now, when we talk about this, we split this two different ways. Company side, a lot of young people involved because they get out of college. That's all they know. They think, yeah, I'm going to get picked up by State Farm or MetLife or whatever it could be. On the end, on the insurance side, no matter where it's at, captive and independent, we are having a big, big lacking of young people. And the reason is, is not only because it's the person who's in charge of them every day, literally throwing them. Literally, this happened to me. Whenever I was starting, they gave me a phone book, put me in a, a, a windowless room and said, start dialing. That that's not how we work. If I did that to my 18 year old son who I can't even get to open up his email because he thinks there's other better ways to communicate. He doesn't even understand what a phone book is. I don't even know if maybe he's ever even seen one. Maybe he has. But I mean, it comes down to that point. So that's the problem. And then, though, here's where this is where InsureTech has to do what they do. It's then when you pick up the phone and you get on the phone with the underwriter. I mean, guys, you may not know this, but this is the true life thing. I write commercial insurance and my client, their insurance comes due in November 1st. I have to go see them in September for their policy that renews in November. And I get there and my client says, why, why are you here? It doesn't renew until almost by Thanksgiving. Oh, the company tells us we have to start 60 to 90 days out because that's how long it's going to take to quote. Folks, they got six autos, a building, and three employees. Are you serious it takes that long? Yes, it does. And then, and so I'm trying to explain this to a new young producer who's sitting here saying, why am I going and doing this? And not only that, this business is looking at me. And then here's what's crazy. I get there and I do all the work and we go through this long process and I don't get the quote until about three or four days before November 1st. And when you call the company and you say, why don't I have it yet? They say, well, we're still working on it. We're still working on it. And and, and it goes into this big black hole. You know, one thing I want to say about insure tech companies, here's an idea for you. If if I submit my business to an insurance company, when I submit it through email, I put these apps together. Yeah. And I have to email it out, which I shouldn't have to do that. If I put all the stuff in the management system, it should just connect directly to their mainframe. But that's another another point here or there. If it doesn't and I email it to them, we sit here and just wait. We have no idea how long until that thing is going to come back to us. We don't know if we're going to get a quote in a week and four weeks or 10 weeks. But guess what? If I order a pizza from Domino's, I can watch it be cooked online. If I order something from UPS, I can know exactly where that package is in the process, but I can't figure out where my submission is that I had to start 60 days ago. And I might got my client calling me saying, this is crap that you're not getting this to me. This is what young people deal with. And this is just a little bit, a tip of the iceberg 
of what we have to deal with. And then we wonder why we don't have young people in this industry. We need to start getting, that's why I am such a proponent of insure tech. And when I hear it and I know what you guys are doing, you have to put your tentacles straight into these companies. And some of them get mad, like the lemonades out there. Agents are getting mad and saying, well, they're trying to do it without agents or whatever. Well, it's not that they're trying to do it without agents. To be honest with you, if we want to have a successful insurance industry, we need to get the insurance companies out of the way. They need to do what they do well, which is a hold and assess risk. And the IT, the claims process, the distribution process, the underwriting process, it all needs to be subbed out to data and analyticals in ways that we don't need to get rid of underwriters. But what we need to do is we need to be able to give the systems and the processes and the data to those underwriters to where we don't have to have a slew of people, we can give that power to those underwriters. I'm sorry, you could tell I'm a little bit passionate about this because, because, because as an owner, I have problems trying to find people to work in this insurance industry. And this is the greatest industry God ever created because it gives me flexibility and financial security. I want every young person to know what I have, but it's hard when they have to deal with this BS of an insurance industry we have. Well, sorry. There we go. Speak to the life insurance though, so I don't know enough about that. I can say life insurance right now is actually making a change. And I am betting on the incumbents and the newbies, okay? I, the startups and the incumbents are both going to win. They'll consolidate. I don't know. The incumbents will buy startups. Maybe someday a startup will buy an incumbent. We'll figure that out. That's what Metro Mile did in the auto world. But in the life insurance world, Banner, uh, uh, Protective's coming out with something. AIG has it out there already. Uh, SBLI, um, uh, you name it, Prudential. Uh, the, a bunch of the big name companies that most of us would know, Lincoln Financial, these companies that are out there have created better processes. They have created underwriting. They are getting rid of some of the risk. What we have, so from a life insurance perspective, once someone goes through a self-reported responsive application, which most of those are still done on the phone today, but they will be digitized in the next 12 to 18 months for most of these carriers, they will actually go through this whole thing and they can say, based on the data of who you are, we can give you a policy like this, right? It's like, here's your policy. We know, we know your offer, you're done. Now, we're running into, there's still stresses, Jason, we go through this stuff, like carriers that do debits versus credits, there's all kinds of funky stuff we could get into, which I, I don't think is the right audience for that. But the carriers are doing this, and there's amazing stuff going on inside the incumbent carriers, at least with the life insurance world. They just aren't being utilized by the agents the way that they could be. And we're pushing as hard as we can to get agents to go grab this. So maybe in the property casualty world, it's a little, it's a little difficult, but at least up to that million dollar mark, life insurance is doing cool stuff right now. And the only one of the main stresses that we have is that, again, I can only speak life insurance. I'm deep life insurance. America has the cheapest life insurance rates in the entire world. Globally, we're the lowest rates. When we look over at the United Kingdom, which has a simplified process, the carriers are saying, why don't we do it like they do in Europe? It'll go right through. Here in America, we have this thing called a two-year non-contestability or contestability period. Two years of contestability means you make a mistake on your application, you forget that you were diagnosed with cancer, you didn't really recognize that you smoked because you have a little amnesia when it comes to your nicotine habit that only happens 20 times a day. When these types of things happen, when these types of things happen, for two years the insurance company can come back at you, pull your product and say, hey man, you died, we're gonna pay your family less. We're gonna pay your family their premiums back. But after that, if it's a you know big lie, they can kind of go after you. In the UK, there is no two-year contestability period, okay? So now self-reported data has integrity. 
and you can underwrite off of self-reported data. Here, we are still limited to those two years. So right now, we're waiting for digitized medical records. We're waiting for uh, uh, better data to come out. We obviously, there's a thing called F, you know, uh, uh, Fair Credit, Credit Consumer Reporting Act. So we, we can't use Facebook to underwrite yet. But we can grab other types of data to underwrite. And it's all coming. It's all here. We're just a couple years out. So I, I hear you that companies aren't maybe aren't doing, some of them are, but the ones that are, are going to win. They're going to win big, and the person who's going to really win the most is the consumer because we're reducing friction and changing the game. And what's fun for me is I get to beta test all the stuff with the insurance companies. I keep going to them, and I'm like, give me, let me beta test. Please let me beta. And they're finally, they've been saying yes. So, I, 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 I you know, doing something right. Anyway. Sorry, Jason. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, I, I agree emphatically. You were cutting a little bit in and out there, but absolutely, and 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 that's um, I do agree that the that the life and the financial side, we are also a, a brokerage here as well, um, and they, they are way far ahead of the game than than the PNC side is way far ahead of the game. Um, but and so that lets me know that if I was an insurtech guy and I was invested, I'd definitely be looking at the PNC side because they're. Way behind, baby. Way behind. Way behind. So yes, yes, yes. Any other questions or anything like that? This is uh, this is with fantastic. Yeah, just a comment. I, I work for a company, Jim uh, Pack, and we do a lot of development. Uh, uh, for, we work with various carrier companies. We're introducing AI right now to answer that email right up front and to extract that data. Uh, we actually have that in pilot right now with one carrier. We're introducing it to a couple other carriers. Very cool stuff cool. because you can look at. All the attachments, the schedules, the the loss runs, the uh, uh, even inspection reports, and so on, and read them, digest them, and get them to the underwriter. Because having run some of these groups, there's nothing been, that's been more irritating to me than realizing we spent 140 dollars for an inspection report that sat on the underwriter's desk and they never read it. It was, it was 50 pages long, and the only thing we cared about was on page 43. Right. So that's right. These things are coming. Where we, we took one carrier and we took an endorsement process. It was stupid. We had a robotic process automation and then ultimately AI. And we were able to take something that used to take, they had a 30-day SLA, which is ridiculous for a simple endorsement. And we were able to take that. And a lot of times they could do it in five minutes. Sometimes. It's amazing. It's happening. It's not happening as quickly as we'd like. And we'll, we'll have some bumps in the road because this tech is new. And we will, some of the things that I'm excited about right now will probably not work out as well as I think. And some things that I don't anticipate are going to take off. There's a lot of change on the PNC side, and I think once it starts to happen, you're going to see it happen really fast. Across all, across all companies. Across and all this companies. is going to make the jobs, uh, the jobs of the agent out there for the relationship, Jason, that you were talking with in the beginning. Those relationships really matter. Yeah. They'll keep those clients, and the easier it is for the client, you don't have to go ahead two months ahead of time. This is just better for the consumer, which is better for the agent, which means our agent base might shrink a little bit. Those agents that are stuck in the past will maybe wither, right? That's, that's right. Very, I'm guessing that's going to – but the ones who succeed are going to succeed like never before. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. 
That's exactly right. And they, they, we, we've always been talking about the travel agents uh, for the last 5, 10, 15 years. I get tired of hearing about it, but it's what happened. I mean, the travel agents today, it is a proven fact. They make two to three times the amount of money they did 15 to 20 years ago when there was a lot of insur- uh, travel agents. I mean, it, they had to get into the bigger to the bigger trips. You know, you can't just sell that little bitty of uh, airplane ticket for Southwest because Southwest cuts you right out of there. That doesn't mean Southwest didn't like you. It just means it took three days to get a Southwest plane ticket when we now can get it um, in a matter of a couple minutes. I think where we go with this stuff, though, is I think it has to do when you really want to get to it, it's going to have to come down to the phone. And it's going to come down to the phone when I'm talking about PNC. Once again, um, I can say that I think it's going to come down to the phone to where every piece of information that a company needs to get a rate is going to be inside of that phone. Every, there's going to be some app that's going to hold my driver's license number, my social security, my height, my weight. I mean, it's going to, I even inside of it right now have my Samsung health and it knows what I'm eating. I mean, it can go to anything to where what it's going to need is it's going to have everything it needs to know to, uh, to write me to where when you're going, I'm going to get a text message or some type of message that's going to say, hey, your insurance last month was $37 and it's renewing this month at $39 for your, for your auto insurance. Click here to be able to get a rate to really, I'm just going to literally click a button. It's going to gather all the information out of my phone and my apps and be able to say, boop, here's your new rate. Now, a lot of people and insurance agents hate this altogether. They say insurance is not a commodity. Okay. We can go on and on about that argument all you want, but in a way, the way that agents sell it is like a commodity. And that's why it becomes a commodity actually to the consumer. But I do believe that you will not just have six month or year policies, you will sometimes literally have weekly policies that are going to every week, it's going to tell you what the new insurance rate would be. Because the only reason why we have six month or we have year policies now is because it takes too long to accumulate all the data. When stuff is being done in real time, you're going to be able to, company's going to be able to assess their valuation and their loss history and their loss run and their combined ratio uh, in an instant to be able to know, hey, we can make adjustments very quickly. That's what data does. And so I think that's where we're going to get at the end. That's what Trove does. You can turn your camera on and off. Hey, I want to insure my camera for the next three hours. I want to insure my skis because I'm going to Denver. I mean, that's all been that's been figured out, and they're working at ROV. They're they're really they're doing some really cool stuff out there. But all the years, yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, it's it's are they turning it on and off? I, I had um, at InsurTech last year at InsurTech Connect. I ended up being uh, I met a guy, a brilliant man. We won't, we won't talk about his company, but he just hired the Google, the guy who does Google Maps. He created all the algorithm, created all the Google Maps actually how to come down to different levels. So when you do a Google map, right, first you see the earth, and then you see the clouds, and it kind of looks like a blurry city. And it actually, there's a lot of layers in that. It's really complicated. He hired the guy, the main uh, computer scientist that put all this together for his company. So now what they're doing is they're collecting pretty much every type of architecture that's out there. So every blueprint for any home, any apartment building, and I know we think our homes are unique, but somebody else lives in your exact same home somewhere, right? Actually, a whole bunch of people do. So they're They're also taking a look at this and they're saying, okay, how much siding are on these homes? And now they've created an entire system with it to actually take a picture of a home. Now, part of their data on this, I think, was to actually be able to create a true 3D world. Like we should be able to walk through 
Los Angeles at some point because they've taken a picture of all the buildings and literally you can walk around. But think of the insurance purposes that our best insurance companies could use for this. Think how much easier it is for an agent when we do one of these things where you can see, I know exactly what the blueprint of the house is. I know exactly how much siding there is. So to get a quote, you could ask your client to go outside, take a picture of all four sides of their house. They can take data from Google Maps to figure out how much roofage you have, and then to underwrite you to know how well you take care of your home. Rather than sending an inspector to your home, they look at your backyard and they say, hey, do you do your lawn? Do you have flour? Does your yard have weeds in it? How well do you take care of your yard? If you take care of your yard, you probably take good care of your house. And then they can underwrite you. So all this stuff is coming. So the agent world is still gonna always be about the relationship with that with, with our clients. Charlie doing it with drones with uh, yep. yeah. and with the you know, with all the different being able to see her growing in the power lines, they used to send guys up there so workers concretely already starting to go down. Because you're able to actually fly a drone around, you're cutting costs, you're cutting savings, you're not risking lives, they're not sending you know a human up in a storm in a helicopter. They're they're actually flying the drone. You're going to see after after this hurricane, you're going to see the, the true savings and hopefully lives. But you'll but the cost that they showed you their public savings for how they were able to move around buildings and actually model claims. They're you know, exactly what you're talking about. Model model. They're actually you know, taking pictures at multiple speeds and they're putting them together so they can actually model a a loss quicker and they can see it literally as close as you and I can see it as a human. Yeah, and see, that's what I was talking about earlier about let the companies insure, do what they do and assess risk. But when you talk about the, the inspectors, I mean, insurance companies are spending tons of money having to go out and inspect all new business homes that are out there. That drone that, that the gentleman was just talking about, the service that you're talking about by mapping that out, removing the claims adjuster out from this. The, this is where it is. It's kind of like somebody says, um, you know, it's kind of like being worried that you'll never maybe because of the super uh, computers, Watson or whatever, that you'll never have lawyers. No, you're going to have a lawyer. You're just going to have a better suited and better well-prepared lawyer who was being who was aided by artificial intelligence or some type of supercomputer that was allowed to read case law back from the last 5,000 years. Probably hasn't even been case law for 5,000 years, but you know what I'm saying. And, and then it's going to be able, rather than that person knowing just what they know. And I think that that's the same thing with insurance. You're going to have to start seeing, and insurance companies will start being more successful. They will start selling more power policies, they will start having less claims and have a lot more profit once they figure out, hey, let's now, we don't have to be in control of all this stuff. Let's step out and let's use some technology out there to be able to and be involved. I get into fights with people, all the, I shouldn't say fights, debates all the time with people on LinkedIn, especially the male, stale and pale, usually that's who it is. And they feel as if, nope, this is never going to happen. This is not the way that it is. It's inevitable. Who in the world is going to continue to still have the same guy go out there and charge them $200 to do an inspection, whereas what this gentleman was saying about how they can have a drone and the drone can be way more accurate and can get to parts of the house that that person can't just by walking around the home. And then you're talking about there is a direct um, correlation between the way somebody 
handles and and um, and 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 mows their lawn and and manicures it as to the way that they're going to also handle their life. There's an absolute direct corporate correlation. It's kind of like credit. I mean, if you if you have bad credit, it's not a guarantee. And I know it's a hot topic. If you have bad credit, you're probably going to be the person that's more likely to have a claim. Now, that's another thing for another day. But there is a correlation between that data. And that's a very high level data that anybody can get. Think about getting that deep level data. It's actually really good news for the insurance industry and for the insurance companies. They just have to be willing to accept that they've got to change their business models for it to happen. And and that's one of the problems. And I also think that we have a problem. And the fact a lot of these systems, like a, I don't want to say their names, but I should, like, because I, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm giving you an example, like a Travelers or a Hartford that has, from what I've been told by some of these, these companies, they literally have DOS-based systems still that have, that have been built upon and built upon and built upon. And sometimes that's the reason why it's so hard for them to make technical changes is because they literally need to clear the house because they're still using technology back from the 80s and 90s, stuff that the Commodore 64 was using. For all you young people, there was this thing called Commodore 64. But the, I think that there's a lot of different things that the insurance companies have to not be scared they need to be proactively encouraged by some of the things that are happening. And that's when everybody's going to win. Seriously, everybody's going to win. I agree with that. And I mean, uh, at Elevate, uh, Agency Nation, uh, a couple months ago, uh, Ted Devine was there speaking. He's the CEO of Insurion. Ted is, Ted is uh, yeah, you were there, Jason, right? I was there. I was there. I mean, so he's built a distribution system right now where, and this isn't, I guess, not complicated. It seems like it to me, but they're actually scripting out. Everything is, uh, they're scripting out the entire phone call as it's happening real time. It's going down through this thing. And this isn't artificial intelligence. This is augmented intelligence. So that agent is on the phone selling workers' comp or whatever it is that they're selling on the phone. And as they're running down through this thing, the computer is telling them, try closing, try closing. Here's the words to use. This is what the client's trying to say. Here's their mood. Oh, they're angry. I mean, it literally, it, the computer system is figuring out how to augment the, the journey the consumer or the client goes through. They can just figure it. They figured it out. I mean, right? Ted was amazing at that conference. Ted, Ted was absolutely amazing at it. And and also when Ted, who has, I mean, just like a lot of us independents, you have a hundred companies. You've got somebody calling in because they need a certificate of insurance. I won't get detailed, but they need a general liability policy. Well, there's we have a hundred companies that sell that. But then as the person on the phone is asking the question, the computer is listening to what the person's saying, and they're realizing, oh, they're an electrician let's just say, well, then the computer is immediately going through these manuals that would take any agent or a company days to go through. And it's just eliminating saying, nope, and now you only have 70 companies to quote. And as it's listening and it's hearing, well, what were your sales? Our sales are $10 million. Whoop, okay, it's going right through. So what's happening is, is the agent is not getting cut out. The agent is using this technology to be able to service this person the way they need. For you guys that don't understand, they need a certificate of insurance because they have to show it to get their check. So this person's sitting on the phone saying, hey, I need a certificate of insurance so that my guys can get paid right here. 
in my world, I'd have to say, well, you're going to have to give me about four or five days because I need to call the company and I need to find this out. And it's embarrassing. And it's one of the reasons why people don't like the insurance industry, because that's just not the agent side. That's just the world we live in. And so the, what Ted's doing, um, Ted Devine, I mean, he is he's got it figured out. And the thing about it is he's just making and creating technology that's going to be very, very mainstream very, very soon because it's just not going to be able to uh, happen. And once again, a lot of that stuff has to do with the new age tech that's coming in. It's, it's, it's mind-blowingly awesome. And if any of you guys don't know Ted Devine, you need to meet that guy. That guy is never seen anybody like him in my life. That guy was crazy. That, I say crazy meaning good. I mean, that guy was outside thinking and was awesome. So – Shy, not being shy, youth. Uh, anything you got out there from any of those uh, people? Anyone has a question about agency or where are we going? Are you going to change the secretary to be more efficient or to give her more uh, meaningful work? Meaningful work. Yeah. We all want to work with people, right? I mean, yep. we, make, we make these millennials and say they don't have relationships, but if you I don't know about you. I, I they can talk. You, you can talk with thirty people by text in a day now. I mean, how many? Twenty years ago, I didn't talk with thirty people. Have you know? And long strings of conversation that go on for weeks and weeks. We all want to have relationships. Everything with this is how do we connect with people? We're a connected being. We're tribal beings. Yep. Um, we're seeing that happening in Houston right now for all those poor people that are down there that are just being impacted like nobody's business. And they come together. We come together. So we yeah. do work So meaningful work, if we can figure out how to have it, meaningful work isn't pushing paper. Meaningful That's work right. is studying manual after manual after manual so I have all that information in my head so I can make a decision that a computer can make. Meaningful work as an oncologist right now, we're talking about Watson. If, if, if IBM Watson can look at uh, an X-ray or MRI or whatever it is and spot cancer inside that and, and see it in a really detailed way and spot things that a human couldn't spot, that gives that oncologist more time to talk with the client or the, with the patient. It gives them an opportunity to connect with them, to help them make the right decision. And this isn't about the robots taking over, at least in my opinion. This is about us no. creating a better life for all of us through technology. Yeah, I agree, emphatically. I agree. I have nothing to add to that. I don't think we have, do we have anything else here. I think we're good here. This has been fun, Jason. This has been awesome. This has been rock and rolling, man. And this is just, uh, I, I, you know, people could say, boy, that guy maybe gets passionate about it. To be honest with you, you haven't seen anything yet. To me, it's 10 o'clock here. That's late for me. So uh, I try to do my best and try to keep my brain uh, fresh. Um, but, uh, you know, this is this has really been exciting. And uh, anything that I can do for any of you guys uh, there behind the scenes or or for anybody to anybody that's watching or be watching this recording, I'll be more than happy to try and do everything I can to push the agenda of what we're trying to do. I think it all gets wrapped up with meaningful work, and I'm serious about that when you say that, Jeremy. Because um, yeah, I, we got a we got a little comment here coming in from Joey Jangola, uh, who said uh, he says I'm surprised you're still functioning. So yes, Joey, you are right. You do know me uh, that I I, I I am usually uh, pretty tired at this time. But I think it has to do with meaningful work. And, you know, there's a there's a and it's because it has to do with having a meaningful life. 
And at the end of the day, people don't like insurance and they can have their million reasons of why they don't. They can think they're evil or whatever. At the end of the day, it's something they just don't want to deal with. So why don't we just make it as easy as possible for them? And I think that that will be something that we can do. And it also has to do with the fact of it's your employees. It has to do with not only just the consumer, your employees and trying to run a profitable business. I mean, let's be honest, costs are going up. Minimum wage is looking at 15, 10, 15, $20 an hour. My, on my staff, it's hard for me to increase the, the benefits they need and the payroll they need because the, the insurance companies are trying to cut me, cut me from 15 to 20 to 10 to 8%. And that stuff is tough. And then we talked about somebody else. I heard somebody else say, you know, it is hard. I mean, when I'm going to go out and this is where I think is really huge as well for the industry is there's a lot of businesses out there that pay two, three, four thousand dollars $4,000 a month in pre or a year in premium. And they're being underserved because the agent, and I'll even admit, even agents like myself, when I'm getting paid five, 10% commission on a two or $3,000 policy, and I have to go through all the gamut that we've been talking about to work on it for two or three days, you're telling me that I have to put three, four, five, six, seven hours into something that my agency is going to get 200 bucks from, and my agent at the end of the day is going to get $100 of that. That doesn't make that doesn't make sense, and so that's not about necessarily me. That's about those people have to be served, and I think they're being underserved to make their meaning of life better. I think it does come back to that, and uh, I think technology can definitely, definitely help that. And I, anything that I can do to be uh, to be uh, pushing that, I'm all for it. It's awesome, and you are that way. Thank you, Jason. No problem, and then thank you is very much. And and uh, please, if you if you're watching this, uh, go go try Quotacy. I'm telling you, go go check out and see how easy that was. Um, you know, uh, Zakaria, uh, Zanid Zakaria with Insurify, she was a guest on on mine um, at, uh, for the podcast a couple weeks or a couple months ago. And actually, my God, it wasn't a couple months ago; it was last December. And and she is uh, some of the stuff she's doing in the way that I kind of really kind of felt the same way about Quotacy as I did hers when I used hers. Hers has a lot more gamification because she has to ask a lot more questions than, than for life insurance quote. Um, but I, I really kind of felt a similarity there. And I think it's a usability as well. That's the word I was looking for for you. The usability of your system was very, very sweet and very, very successful. And I think people underestimate the usability of stuff. When you're talking about my 12-year-old who plays PS4 all the time, I mean, the usability of a game is very important to him. And when they're going to be using those services that we have, that's very, very important when we're looking at that going forward. But besides that, I, that's all that I have, folks, for everybody. And, and Galat, if there's, a, if there's anything that you want us to, to, to talk about more, I'll be more than happy to. But if not, um, we can call it a day. InsureTech LA. And it's been um, it's been really fun talking with you, man. You're uh, you're a passionate dude, and uh, you're building a good following and sharing the right information. It's uh, we need evangelicals out there uh, helping change the world, and you're one of them doing it. So thank you, man. I hope you're joining us at Grow Lab 2017. It's gonna be a great time. I wanna to get to know you. I wanna to get to meet you. I wanna buy you a drink, whatever it can be. Please find me at Grow Lab 2017. And to find me, that means that you've gotta be there. It's gonna be October 24th, 25th in Charlotte, North Carolina. Hope to see you there.